what's up guys thanks for tuning in on this episode of the podcast i am soham sarkar founder and owner at sohamsarkar.com and chief executive at sharkmarketing.org we're one of india's first digital activation marketing agencies focused on startups and helping them with their end user acquisition and brand recall growth through alternative and scalable predictable channels of user acquisition uh today on this podcast i've got a very special guest he's got an extremely impressive portfolio and record uh he was featured on Forbes 30 under 30 one of india's fastest rising entrepreneurs in the fnb space one of the top restaurant tours to look out for and the ceo of yellow tie hospitality which encompasses portfolio items such as grocery chicken and just falafel i've got mr karan tanna first of all mr tanna thank you for taking the time to be here today to give some context to the listeners who are taping this podcast at the startup summit kolkata that's arranged by entrepreneur india mr tanna had a speaking engagement as well as other proceedings related to his business i reached out to him a few days before the event asking him if he wanted to connect with me and uh, do something like this and he immediately responded yes which was extremely cool despite him constantly being in execution mode and uh, just operating at the highest levels so he can give back to the community and help other entrepreneurs get uh, to the next level of what they're trying to do so yeah giving the mic to you hey soham thanks for having me hello everyone uh, so i am a current founder of yellow tie hospitality we are so to say india's first restaurant franchise management company and india's first scalable restaurant incubator so i am an automobile engineer by education and uh, yeah, 2008 was the year when i graduated and then i worked for general motors india followed by mckinsey and company and 2012 i quit my job to start uh, a venture in automobile and uh, i started a venture in automobile with one of my friends but soon my interest uh, to food and beverage uh, like every youngster wants to open his own restaurant i when i wanted to and uh, coincidentally for me my mom and dad used to run a couple of restaurants from 1990 to 98 so maybe as a child i i someday wanted to open a restaurant i got an opportunity and i opened the first restaurant uh, of my career in good in amdabad it was called goodies uh, after running the restaurant for around 8 10 years 8 10 months sorry uh, i spotted an opportunity in a quick service restaurant chain in gujarat called kachchi king there were 18 stores at that time uh, i thought that i can add uh, some value uh, in terms of organizing the company uh, at that time and growing it in a in a more uh, specific and a professional way and uh, i bought equity of 50% in the company we grew the company from 18 outlets in um, second half of 2012 to 209 outlets uh, by december 2015 while this growth i realized that india being the second largest populated country in the world uh, doesn't even have a single restaurant brand that has scaled up nationally uh, and globally through franchising historically mcdonalds kfc subways of the world have always scaled up through franchising and i thought that improving the franchising management ecosystem uh, in restaurants in india was extremely important if we wanted to give world a first restaurant brand from india uh, so that led me to make yellow tie hospitality where we focus fully on managing growing and managing the restaurants through franchising uh, the lessons that we have learned from our deep driven operations in previous brands 
we put them into proper systems in black and white uh, used the technology to govern franchises to make them uh, easily uh, scalable and uh, in and and an idiot proof as we call it that they don't have to rely on any kind of a manpower uh, in order to operate the restaurant and uh, with this uh, we have currently six brands under our portfolio uh, we have just acquired majority in three brands and uh, here we are yeah awesome um just to clarify <clears throat> for the listeners out there before we head over into the sales and marketing portion which is the main focus of uh, this podcast uh you you buy stakes or buy companies uh, food and restaurant companies outright and then you scale them using franchising techniques right uh well no so um, so you know we are uh, like i mentioned india's first incubator so we started the company by either creating our own brands or buying the master franchise rights of international companies like broster chicken rap chick just for all our joint venture or master franchises for india but now uh, we we have a good team we have good experience so we decided that let's you know kind of give back to this society and not only the society in general but specifically the restaurant industry so we identify the startups that have proven uh, on a good unit level economics uh, who have been running good mom and pop stores and where we see that the promoter has an aspiration of growing it to a national level brand uh, we go to them we negotiate a deal we become the partners in the company we bring in our expertise of scaling up the restaurants and knowledge of franchising and franchisee management and uh, promoter puts in his passion energy and vision uh, to grow the company so we are more of a scalable restaurant incubator and or a restaurant incubator india doesn't have a restaurant incubator so far so my vision is to probably uh, establish ourselves as a good incubator so that uh, restaurant industry which which does not have any kind of a uh, uh, any kind of a, a barrier to get into i mean everyone opens a restaurant but ultimately uh, as the stat says that more than 90% of the restaurants shut in first 12 months so maybe we can uh, be an incubator for them and uh, help them at the initial stages so that the restaurant not only sustains but also grows all right great thanks for the clarification and uh, yeah the, being a restaurant incubator seems like such an innovative idea because i don't think this such an entity exists in this country and if you think about it it's such a great opportunity for a lot of these uh, aspiring fnb entrepreneurs that want to open their restaurants you know because a lot of them they don't really come from a business background like most entre- entrepreneurs do like they come from a culinary background or hospitality background and they they do need that incubation that help that uh, yellow type provides and uh, it, it gets their own brand or you know if they want to license out a franchise brand and uh, it it gives them that taste of entrepreneurship really really well and as you said right uh, the restaurant sector is one of the most common choices as a first business for most people not most people but a lot of people a very big chunk of them and i think the biggest problem we both can agree on is that it's it's really hard to be profitable there because of a various number of factors right uh, you have so many costs and overheads to take care of like real estate and staff and all of that uh and without the ability to market and get repeat customers it's really hard to stay in business for these people which relates back to your statistic about how the majority of restaurant startups fail within the first 12 months uh you on the other hand you've successfully started and scaled multiple F&B brands uh with uh, profitability 
uh, a number of times. What do you think are the three biggest mistakes that people are making here and that's stopping them from being successful? Yeah, I mean, uh, you very rightly said that there are a lot of mistakes that people make and uh, I think the basic mistake is, uh, I would say on a very broad level, is getting carried away. Uh, what I mean is that uh, there is a lot of glamour in a restaurant business and uh, people many a times want to open a restaurant uh, for the kick of that glamour. But uh, they tend to forget that, you know, this is also a business. There are going to be challenges in restaurant business like they are in other businesses. Uh, there is going to be as much as hard work, in fact more hard work. I mean, when the entire world is enjoying on weekends or uh, on a festival, on Diwali, yeah. uh, you are someone who is toiling harder than the yeah, normal exactly. days. So, uh, you know, people need to realize that it's not only about glamour. You need to be having the right head on your shoulders. Uh, you need to know why you have come into this business. And, uh, you know, very specifically talking about three mistakes, if you have to articulate, I think uh, mistake number one would be uh, not articulating or uh, not uh, forming a proper brand positioning. Uh, they should know that what the restaurant stands for. Why will people come to the restaurant? What is their TG? What kind of ticket size will they attract? So on and so forth. So it can't be a restaurant where, where you want to open a bar or you just uh, want to sell alcohol and you feel that you will sell alcohol at a cheaper rate and people will come over. There is no sustainability of that kind of a model. You need to stand for a particular uh, cuisine or a particular demography or a particular ticket size. So a brand positioning is very very important. A. Uh, B, you need to be really thorough about your unit level economics. You need to know that what's the kind of footfall you are going to attract, how many uh, tickets are you going to do per day, what's going to be the ticket size and as per that, uh, as per your sale, what's going to be your staff and real estate uh, cost. Uh, you need to be very cognizant about the kind of food you are selling at what cost and hence you need to monitor your food cost very wisely. So to, devoy, to devise a uh, financial, financially sound plan uh, and to adhere to it and to accept uh, if uh, it's not going well early and uh, take a, s a step back and uh, recalibrate the positioning is very important. So uh, in a nutshell, point number two can be categorized as uh, poor financial engineering and not recalibrating financial engineering at right times. And number three uh, would be a continuous focus on uh, marketing and sales and continuous improvements. Uh, it's a restaurant business, very funny business. People want consistency but people also want something new. Uh, I mean you will get a table where they say that uh, the food is not like it used to be and you will get a table that the food is the same. I mean uh, you give us something new. So uh, you know you need to be very thorough. Uh, and uh, keep on feeling, feeling the pulse of, of your consumers, your guests, uh, keep on uh, feeling the pulse of what is going on in the market, how the eating out is changing, what, what, is, what trends are changing and be uh, on your toes to constantly change the offering in your restaurants and constantly focus on marketing. I mean marketing could be just giving a call to customer on or, or a guest on his birthday and inviting him and giving him discount. Marketing could be uh, pamphleting. Marketing could be uh, a good uh, Facebook post directed to someone or a good uh, periodic Facebook campaign that you do. So I think these three uh, areas are, are uh, uh, lacking and if there is enough focus put on these three areas, I am sure that the success rate of restaurants would increase. Awesome, awesome. Great insights there from years of experience. Um, 
not just hearing about it or learning about it. Mr. Tanna's actually been through the data himself. He's iterated the process hundreds of times possibly and this is as solid as it gets. And yeah, the fact you were talking about being realistic about your expectations, that's a reality pill to swallow for a lot of entrepreneurs because we're so idealistic and uh, dream-oriented, right? And touching a bit on the marketing point of sight that we that you mentioned as the third important factor, uh, some of the main ways that it's been done is restaurants can either market through listings on Somato, Swiggy, and uh, Yelp and stuff like that, or they can actually take control of the customer acquisition uh, entire workflow, right? So, I mean, personally, what I've done for a couple of restaurants is I've focused on influencer marketing where we identify a couple of key influencers in the local area, like not influencers with 100,000 followers or something like that, but, you know, well-known people in the city who use uh, social media a lot. And uh, some of them are food critics as well. Some of them are food bloggers. They have a lot of people reading their uh, articles or their YouTube videos, watching it. We've identified people like that and we've partnered with them, we've gotten them to the restaurant, we've given them a really good experience and then when they wrote about it or they tweeted it or they Instagrammed it or they made a video about it and that got uh, hundreds, maybe thousands of views across the city, right? And uh, that really improved the bla- uh, the that really improved the brand awareness and solidified the, the brand equity of that restaurant in that local space and that's really what you want for a restaurant you want to dominate locally and like get everyone around you to know who you are and just order from you without thinking right and one is very passive and one is very uh, aggressive and proactive uh, which one do you think is a really really good way to start off with uh, I think it's very very subjective uh, I think the biggest driver of sales uh, would be to serve good food at a good value and nowadays in a good mood or giving them a good experience i mean people not only go out for food now but they do go out for mood now also so you know i mean if you stick to basic serve a good food uh, have some patience i am sure your sales will increase uh, but of course that's that's a very uh, you know cliche uh, advice uh, to be given but uh, it it a particular emphasis on a particular kind of marketing needs to be done based on uh, what kind of food you are offering and in what kind of a location so if your food is more delivery based in in an area where people uh, are nuclear families and they do order a lot of food then your campaigns on social media swiggy zomato have to be very very powerful uh, if your uh, restaurant is in a place uh, which is driven by social media influencers then you might want to invite a lot of Zomato bloggers, Instagram influencers and have them write and talk about uh, your place so their fans or their friends can see and visit your place. If, you're, if your restaurant is in a location where uh, the social media penetration is not too high uh, nor you have a very good home delivery potential, in those cases you might want to just uh, do uh, below the line activities like templating or maybe organizing some event uh, at your at your store so you engage the local communities so i think uh, there is no right or wrong answer to this or there is no single answer to this uh, usually it is mix of all i mean when we open a restaurant we have a very specific uh, launch day plan which is maybe in inviting a celebrity or giving an offer for the day so it creates a momentarily buzz 
which is complemented by a series of BTL activities which have to go on for three to six months and uh, also supplemented by uh, blogger and digital marketing. So I think it has to be a comprehensive plan but uh, very subjective to the kind of place and the kind of location we open the restaurant. Yeah, I totally agree on that. Uh, being comprehensive, having a comprehensive marketing strategy is so vital. A lot of people, uh, in my experience, they think marketing is a very lucky, lucky shot experiment, and like th- it's very hard for them to envision a strategy and something that is predictable. A lot of them they don't come from a business background, so uh, they're not very accustomed to how funnels work or how to accurately read data that they're getting and uh, having their unit level economies down uh, so it's very interesting in that respect um, obviously like you said being comprehensive is the best approach and uh, I definitely agree on that so moving on from restaurants that are just starting up and possibly struggling let's let's go to the other side of the spectrum uh, what's one high level piece of advice that you can have that you would say to a restaurant that is ready to go to the next level. They are possibly already they're doing very well with uh, their brand. Um, they possibly have two to three locations locally, but they lack the years of experience that you have. You know, uh, they're very new to this game. Like uh, maybe within the last three years, and uh, they've done very well, and now they want to ramp it up and scale it up nationally. I think the first thing is to ask yourself uh, whether that restaurant or that kind of food is it really required to be served uh, across the nation or globe wherever you are planning to expand uh, maybe there is a good good restaurant in Mumbai and it's doing very well at two or three locations in Mumbai but uh, will it do well in Kolkata will it do well in Delhi maybe not uh, so you know first thing is to really sort out uh, that is there a demand of that kind of a restaurant in other parts of country or not a uh, once you are sure that there is a demand you need to uh, filter it to through a two-way filtration uh, one would be to check whether your store or stores ideally it should be two or three stores uh, run over a period of two to three years uh, are profitable at unit level even after two years and three years and what is the kind of ROI you personally have got uh, from your stores so uh, you are ready for franchise when um, at least you have two or three successful stores uh, that you are running for two or three years and that cuisine has or that food item and these uh, service standards has uh, improved evolved and tested the uh, test of time uh, the second filtration would be that whether your model is uh, engineered to be franchisable or not uh, i mean not necessarily that your model could be engineered for example Currently, your chef could be making the entire miso or entire gravies, base gravies, at your own kitchen, but uh, that might not be the right way to scale it up. So you might want to scale up the recipes. You might want to find a vendor who would make gravies for you. You might want to convert your gravies to a paste which can be easily transported. You might want to convert your gravies to frozen gravies, uh, which which could be easily uh, you know transported. So not only food, but your service standards have to be standardized. Uh, the way you treat your customers, the way you follow up with your customers on their feedbacks. Uh, so basically every activity that you do at your restaurant on a unit level has to be 
engineered to scale up so that uh, assuming that the guy who is taking your franchise is a layman is relying on you for all the expertise you give him everything on the platter through a, through a medium of training and brush up trainings and then he just has to follow it and then uh, his restaurant will also be run as your restaurant is run so uh, it's very important to make the restaurant uh, or engineer the restaurant uh, in a in a way that it is uh, very very amicable to scalability wow um so even it has to go so detailed that you have to think about the scalability of the recipe itself that's something i've personally never even thought about it's never crossed my mind but it totally makes sense now that you mention it i mean uh, there's so many details that you have to look at when you're scaling a business and especially in a restaurant business uh when you're now focusing on something as granular as the recipe of the food uh, that's just on another level of complexity and <laughs> it makes me glad that i don't have to deal with that much pressure of uh thinking about such fine details uh but let's move on from like so far we've discussed how fnb entrepreneurs how they can really help their business possibly go to the next level or uh, just even start a business start a restaurant business or something Uh, let's move over a bit into the service side of this so like people who can serve uh restaurant owners and restaurant startup guys um i've done it myself a couple of times and uh it's been like uh it's it's still a bit hazy for me at times because of the entire franchising structure uh internally i have i haven't had the amount of experience in it as i would like as of yet but uh just to help out anyone that's listening that might be uh an agency person or someone from the ad space uh just talk a bit about the kind of control and uh the kind of freedom that a person has when they license out a franchise right like uh do they have any creative direction at all like uh so if an agency wanted to serve this sector would it be better to just target uh the main the brand owners themselves like yellow tie hospitality or uh, can they target the individual franchise outlets that that's being licensed out by uh, the restaurant owners uh so uh, it's it's a, a very clear relationship uh, we need to i mean we as brand owners need to promote the brands and uh, franchise owners has uh, they have to promote their stores so uh, the answer would be that marketing agencies could go to both of them uh, considering their obligations uh, they can come to the brands uh, giving proposals which are phased wise uh, proposal in a phased wise manner which will promote the brand as a whole uh, and create a recall in in terms of uh, in in eyes of consumers Uh, and they can go to stores with a store level strategy which is very very specific to the geography and demography of that particular store uh, also keeping in mind that a store would have a limited budget usually 2 to 4 percentage of their sales uh, and uh, uh, those activities then have to be very very innovative and out of the box so that they get more worth out of a lesser budget so uh, we do have separate plans for store level in which there is a freedom with the franchise owner to propose what will work and what will not 
uh, to give you a small example uh, some franchise owner might come up with a good society activation uh, wherein a wherein a society is celebrating a festival and we might want to put up a stall there so that's a lovely opportunity we would like to grab it so uh, we give a lot of freedom and uh, we empower our franchise owners to come up with marketing plans and campaigns and we support them by whatever marketing collaterals or support that is required and uh, the strategic brand level plans are controlled uh, by the brand owners yeah so that sounds like the perfect play to me like it's a beautiful marriage of uh, having the directive of uh, controlling the brand from the top level but still giving uh, someone who's happy to license out the brand giving them just enough of that uh, control and leeway that they can explore their entrepreneurial tendencies and let that sh- uh, shine through and that could possibly lead to some really really interesting campaigns right um mr tana has been an amazing 17 18 minutes of absolute value from you uh, i hope like the questions that i did ask were somewhat relevant uh, this sector is not my biggest strength in terms of the operational side of it but the marketing side of it is something that i'm very deeply passionate about uh for restaurants as well because that's uh, one of the earliest sectors that i have been involved with and the entire fnb industry right it's so it's so evergreen it's here to stay it's never going anywhere it's like real estate sure it might not have the the glamour appeal and the 10x multiple value of tech companies and apps and saas softwares but i mean an app can go bust the next day you know you never know what's going to happen uh but F&B is something that will never fade away and it's, if if you can find a way to provide a value to that I'm sure you'll agree that it's a very lucrative place to be in. Uh so for the sales and marketing guys uh, listening to this podcast I hope you paid attention to the last part of the podcast in how to provide value to this sector and as well as just in general uh imbibe the kind of difficulties that a lot of these people might face and figure out offerings and solutions to this industry uh to just uh, get more clients and uh the people who are in the F&B space who are who are either owning their own restaurants and franchises or uh, they're planning to i mean i hope the advice that you've received it helps you out in the near future i mean if you implement it i'm 100% positive it will because this is coming from the experience of an extremely high performing person in this space and um, if if you've not started yet what are you waiting for just go and just start you know that's all it takes uh it's been a pleasure to have you on this uh, podcast so far mr tana do you have any final words to say to these people who are who are listening and uh, you know just just give them that extra push that's required no i mean uh, i would like to say that uh, restaurant is a combination of passion and patience if you are missing any one of this above uh, you will not be able to uh, run a long game so passion and patience are are two uh, attributes that you need to have naturally to uh, be into restaurant space and grow and uh, very very happy with uh, what uh, you are doing so home uh, taking our stories to uh, other entrepreneurs and uh, i am i look forward to uh, hear your podcast because i'll be listening to other entrepreneur stories and learning a lot from them and you mentioned to me about your plans of uh, how in a bigger in a in a bigger way and in a better platform 
we are going to use this to also give a platform for young entrepreneurs exactly. to interact with uh, uh, the established entrepreneurs of this industry and it's very exciting that uh, things like these are coming up and bringing the community community together thank yeah. you <laughs> i really appreciate the kind words and the support that you're showing me um it definitely does mean a lot coming from someone who's got so much uh, veteran experience in this game i reached out to you like completely cold you didn't know me and uh, i just you know just reached out to you and a lot of people listening to this podcast they want to do the same with other investors with other entrepreneurs but they don't know how to reach out exactly you know uh so uh, what's the best way to reach you so that these people can get in touch and maybe you know you can help them or they'll give you a really good idea and something really positive can come down the line you know what's the best way to get in touch with you well i'm always accessible uh, i can be reached uh, on my website if you put an inquiry my website is www.yellowtie.in y e l l o w t i e dot in and my email id is karanrajtanna@gmail.com k a r a n r a j t a n n a at @gmail.com i look forward to get uh, emails and calls from you guys and uh, meet you all wonderful people thank you it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on this podcast and uh, i mean I, i really feel privileged to have you as uh, such an accomplished and uh, credible entrepreneur uh to be on such early episodes of uh whatever i'm trying to do and to give the support um all right guys this was the end of the first episode this was the end of this episode all right guys this is the end of uh this episode for the podcast uh again once again this is soham sarkar you can go to sharkmarketing.org sharkmarketing.org and uh check out what we do we've got a couple of uh you know explain it you can head over to sharkmarketing.org that's .org to check us out and uh, get more information on us um definitely don't be uh, shy about booking a consultation with me and uh, figuring out how we can help you even though our primary focus is on funded startups uh, i'm sure that uh, i'll find uh, a way to add as much value as i possibly can to your business and whatever you're trying to do you know and again guys this is being done completely at startup summit in kolkata uh, this is a conference so don't be afraid to go to events like this just go to events just meet people meet investors meet other entrepreneurs and just shake their hand you know you don't have to always ask for an investment you don't always have to give a pitch you can just uh, shake someone's hand and say hello and then at least uh, maybe get their email and then a week later you can reach out to them and then you know you grab a cup of coffee or you get on a Skype call and things proceed from there uh, i don't think personally it ever helps to go for the hard close right in the first meeting it's always good to build relationships off of and this is what i'm trying to do with this podcast and uh, reaching out to people like mr tanna out here uh, all right guys i'll catch you on the next episode um do feel free to uh, follow me on instagram at somsakar official that's also my facebook fan page and um yeah just check me out if you like my work my creative work aside from the other stuff my agency stuff do give me some feedback and tell me what you think I'll see you guys later.